Welcome to the God Shift Podcast, where we move you from disruption into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and individuals, organization leaders, and ministry leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how elevating God's position in your life empowers you to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty and unlocks the door to confidently move you into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Godship Podcast. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am so glad that you are here. And before we get started, I want to ask you a favor. If you've been listening before, you already know what this favor is, but I still want you to do it again. If you're new here, here's my request. I would love if wherever you are listening to this podcast, if you would take a screenshot of it. And when you take a screenshot, post it on your social media and tell me what was your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. And then also when you post it, if you will tag us here at A God Shift, I would really appreciate it because it helps to get this message into the hands of more people so that people can recognize that they are going through a tough time in their life, that there's actually hope on the other side. So the more people that share this information, the more people can actually be helped. So thank you in advance for doing that. So I am going to read my guest's bio and then we will get right to this episode. So my guest is a professional fitness coach and men's discipleship leader with a passion for seeing lives changed by Jesus Christ. A former football coach and Marine Corps veteran of Desert Storm, his life was radically transformed from a self-destructive trajectory to one of life's wholeness and a a dynamic walk with Christ, a story that is told in the pages of the book Broken and Redeemed. He holds a master's degree in physical education from Ohio University, and as of this writing, is close to completing a master's degree in theology from Faith Seminary in Tacoma, Washington, where he resides. Welcome to the show, John Jarman. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. So I talk about, John, um, the fact that my definition of a God shift is anytime disruption in our lives collides with God's purpose, but it moves us into a greater destiny. I believe that the Lord uses unexpected circumstances to get our attention because we're either doing <laughs> the wrong path or putting our you know priorities in, Absolutely. The, in the wrong place. And so he's so committed to the results that he has for us in our lot in our lives that he'll do whatever he has to do to shake us up to say, hey, I've got better yep. for you if you'll just pay attention and see what I want you to see, yep. learn what I want you to learn or go wherever it is that I need you to go next. You're you're exactly right. I call those God things. <laughs> Yes. So, so can you think of a time you've had a God thing, whether it was a setback or a disappointment, oh, delay, some kind of shake up in your life? I've got a I've got a list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well when you and you were talking, I I can't help but think but Tony Evans, I listened to Tony podcasts and, and uh he he uh he refers to and I think it's 
the Corinthians verse that talks about God not giving us more than we can handle. Yeah. Tony says that's the only bi- only verse in the Bible that's not true because if we can handle it, we don't need Him. He's right. going to give us more than we can handle to drop to our knees and say we need our help. We need your help. So I, I, sometimes I'm right at the line. I'm like, Lord, if you're not yep. going to give me more yep. than I there, I'm right at the line. <laughs> yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, and, and, you know, that's basically what happened when, when I gave up my control. Um, and, and, you know, and I know the date it's November 20th, uh, 2016 is when I completely surrendered my, my control over to, to God and, and let him take control of everything. So. Yeah. What happened? Like, what was your pivotal moment that made me go, okay, this is out of my hands. I've got to give it to him. Well, at that time in my life, I had a business and it wasn't doing really well. I owned a small training studio and we were struggling and, you know, it was, it was, the struggle was, you know, payday's Monday and I, and it's $3,000 and it's Friday. I got a thousand dollars in the bank kind of thing. Um, and, you know, then um, my sister-in-law was in the hospital and wasn't doing too well. We, we didn't know if she was going to live or not. And then uh, this young lady I was dating for four years, um, our relationship was, we were breaking up because her, her kids didn't really like me and you know there's a whole other story to that but uh you know leah and i were together for four years in a truly biblical relationship and i was going okay i did it i did all this for you and this is crumbling you know that was one thing and you know that morning that morning on november 16th i or 20th i just got up and and i was starting my prayer time and i and you know and tears running out of my eyes i just said i can't do it anymore i'm done i can't you know i've given up i you know i've tried to do everything right and I can't do it. And so you're in control now. And then I opened up the Bible and, and I opened up to Romans um, seven chapter seven, 14 uh, through 21, I believe where Paul talks about wanting to do what's right, but he can't because it's the sinful nature in him. And I read through those verses and then I flipped back, you know, I just started flipping through the Bible and I stopped at first John one five. And it says, uh, you know, there is no uh, darkness and your God is light and there is no darkness in him. And if we've claimed to have fellowship with him, then we need to, if it, but continue to walk in the darkness, then we are lying. And, you know, I read these verses and I just said, my life's got to change, you know, because that's kind of what I was doing. I, I, I was a believer and I was walking, but I still was holding on to that last little bit of my old self. And it wasn't allowing the veil to be completely ripped, you know, to, taken away from me and, and to truly have a relationship with God. I, you know, I love that you use the word giving up because I say um, in the book, when, in my book, when I'm talking about surrender, I say that, you know, the definition of surrender is giving up and not giving mm-hmm. up quit. You know, you're not throwing in the towel. You're not going to kill yourself. Right you know, not finish the race or, you know, finish what it is that you're working on. But you mm-hmm. to the point where you say, Lord, I have no choice but to do because I've obviously yep. tried everything that I would know to try, right? Yep. Um, I've, always, I've already done everything that I think that I could do to fix this and nothing else is happening. So I literally give up and now I'm just going to ride shotgun and see. Kind of- yeah. And I tell you what, it's an amazing ride because, you know, when you, when you do that, you start seeing things you never saw before and, and, you know, he starts working in your life and it's just incredible to watch. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why we're sitting here talking right now, because, excuse me, his, the, the book is because of him. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it was a truly adventure. And, you know, the, the book was actually started in 2014 uh, when my counselor of, of 10 years, you know, suggested I write a book about my story. And I kind of laughed at her because, you know, my story is not unique. People have been in the same situation. People have been in worse situations. And, but it is my story. And, um, 
you know, I, and, and so that's where it started. And then, um, it kind of sat on a shelf for a long time. And, uh, when I, I, when I got attached with Scotty Kessler, my spiritual mentor, that's when my spiritual walk really strengthened in his discipleship and leadership through that. And, um, it led to the point where I went to seminary and started working on that master's degree. And I, the only reason why I stopped is I was running two businesses and, and I, cause I got an appointment at Furcrest golf club and, um, I couldn't do both and go to seminary school at the same time because it's a lot of reading and writing and I just didn't have the time, but I'll go back and finish it probably next year, early next year. So I heard you say that after you surrendered, how you really started to see things improve mm-hmm. and change in your life. So if someone was listening to this, what could you say from your own personal experience are some of the benefits of fully surrendering and letting go? That's not easy. Well, you know, the biggest thing that I found was was how scripture started talking to me clearly and and seeing seeing the words differently because you know we read the Bible over and over and it's truly a living word because whatever our circumstances you can flip to the Bible and you're gonna read something that you read four years ago and it's gonna mean something different. Um and, and so that that started to happen and then you know as as I was losing you know my business because of COVID just seeing God's hand in that and me praying about certain things and wanting to get out of the lease because we were tied in a three-year lease and we were basically going under and, you know, we didn't want to be held up with all this money and we were able to get out of it and just, you know, praying about this and that. And then, you know, one of my investors calls and he goes, John, he goes, I'm forgiving your debt, you know, and I'm just like, what, you know, and, and I wasn't even praying for that, you know, and it just happened. So, um, and so it's just, you know, it's little things like that, you know, and just, it just seeing stuff differently. Um, because you the veil is when you, when you truly give up the control, the veil is lifted and you start seeing things a lot differently. And, and, you know, it's, it's for me, you know, I took over, I took control of my life at the age of 12. You know, and, and so that's that's it was a long time that I that I held on to that. So that's really good. I often say that, you know, if we're going to get on the other side of our disruption, if we're going to successfully respond to our God shift, how important it is to elevate God's position in our lives. Why do you think that's important? Um, because he's you've got to let him be in charge and, and you've got to let him guide you. And, and what I mean by that is, is, is you have to start doing a self-examination of, of who you are and what you did and in order for that to take place. And that's, that's a lot of the book is because, you know, I, the self-examination I went through was, was quite deep and it's, and it's painful. Um, my favorite author, AJ Sabota says, you know, Christianity is messier after you meet Jesus because, because of that. And, and so I love that saying when I read it, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it is a it, it's the self-examination part of it um, because that's what draws you closer because you become vulnerable and you know the vulnerability is the tough part for I think the male population is because you know we're not supposed to be vulnerable we're supposed to be the you know the head of the household or the you know for me I'm a marine I'm a coach I'm a football you know I'm not supposed to be vulnerable I didn't want to be vulnerable I didn't grow up that way yeah you know and so but vulnerability doesn't mean you're weak it doesn't mean that you're not strong it just it means that you you have a heart and you know my heart was a it was a heart of stone for a long time and and now it it, it really isn't so you know that's what it means to me so that's so good I love that you said it's the self-examination that draws you closer and I think it's really important to unpack that because oftentimes People are misled to believe 
that when you come to the Lord, that when you surrender, that he just fully takes over from there and just, you just waltz into your destiny from there. And I often say, yes, he is. God. He, he has the ability to be God all by himself and do whatever it is that he wants to see happen in your life. But what he really desires is that we actually co-create with him, that we actually so that he can fill and that we can work together for his glory and for what it is that he has in our lives. Like I think people yep. think he's some kind of genie or some kind of person <laughs> just going to wave a magic wand and just, like just do you. And that's not real. Well, and, and and that's where I think the church of today makes a mistake. They don't help people through that because, you know, the altar calls, it's, you know, hey, if you want to give your life to Christ, raise your hand. And then they don't guide that person and they think that everything's OK and they don't know how to read the Bible. They don't know how to pray. They don't. And so basically they just show them that all you have to do is say yes. And right. there's no relationship with it. Um, and, you know, he wants us to become more like him. And the only way you can do that is with the true relationship. And, and that's the key. And you can't have that true relationship without the self-examination. Um, you know, I, I use a quote. I talk about this in my in Broken and Redeemed is, is the cross was used. And in my opinion, the cross was used to demonstrate because the crucifixion is a long, slow, painful death. And I think that that was, for me, it symbolizes that our old self is going to die slowly. And it's going to be a little bit painful for you to go through what you have to go through to get to the point where you can start having more Christ-like behavior. And so that's 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 how I feel that, you know, that symbol of the cross is. So Absolutely. That's a great point. So, John, I want to pause and take a quick commercial break. and. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into some tips that we can share with people of how they kind of put all of this together and accomplish what we've been so graciously able to do. Okay. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you out of disruption and into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to God says shift. That's God says shift.com to access it now. So let, let's segue into some advice because one of the things that I know, you know, back to what you were saying about how sometimes the church doesn't well equip us. I think a lot of times when we're in church, we hear what we should do and we hear why should we should do it, but no one really gives us any concrete direction of actually how to do it. I've been told like, mm-hmm. oh, you need to wonder. Well, what does that look like? Like, how can I look back on Wednesday and have something to measure if I've actually, you know, surrendered on Monday? Mm -hmm. So let's get into a little bit of advice. So how would you say you've talked about it a little bit, but I think I want to ask it a different way is that how can disruption actually be beneficial to somebody's life? This shakeup that we go through. Um, You know, I think you when you're in that shakeup, you have to have somebody that you can talk to. And, you know, my biggest thing is, is, you know, I preach getting a mentor, you know, somebody who's farther along in your walk, because when you start to have struggles, you, you're not going to know exactly where to turn. You know, you're going to have some thoughts, but you're not going to know exactly what to do. And, and somebody who's more mature is going to be able to lead you through that. Um, and, and so that's the biggest thing I think is, is you got to find somebody that can take you through the walk. We're not supposed to walk in Christ alone. We're a body and we're supposed to help each other. And, and, you know, Jesus refers to it as the vine. Well, I've never seen a vine with one branch, um, you know, and so 
we've <laughs> we've got to be able to have that you know the the vertical relationship in order to build that horizontal relationship and help us through because it even says in the bible we go through our trials to comfort those when they are going through trials and so that's what we're supposed to be doing so absolutely i believe that on the other side of our god shift that not only does our life improve but we actually improve the lives of others as well you know it's, yep. It's, you know, lifting as we climb, learning, you know, helping other people's, well, how do I want to say this? Helping our losses to become other people's lessons. Like people should not yep. have to go through what we've gone through in order to get on the other side to, to grow up. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. And and, and the thing is, is, is you know, I it's even when they're in their darkest times, you know, picking them up and helping them walk through that is, is a, is a blessing. And that's, that strengthens our faith because when you can see things happen in other people that you're helping, you know, it helps strengthen your faith. So. Absolutely. So if, if disruption can actually be beneficial, if we actually can use it as a tool to create a better life in your experience or your opinion, John, what do you think are some of the most common barriers that can get in the way of being able to do that? From being able to get through the district, the, the disruption. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's, it's shame, guilt, resentment. You know, it's, it's those things that you hold on to. It's the lack of forgiveness. Um, it's the lack of seeking forgiveness. Um, for me, that, that was the biggest thing I had to let go of the shame and the guilt um, and, and understand that who I am in Christ and, and I don't have to carry that with me. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things. And I, I think bitterness and forgiveness are probably even bigger. Um, I really didn't have a bitterness, but I, I had to seek forgiveness and I had to do a lot of forgiving. Um, and, and until you do that, it, it, it blocks your path and it blocks your relationship. So. I like that. Blocks your path and your relationship. That's so good. It reminds me of one time my pastor had was doing an illustration and he had some clay that he had shaped into like the shape of a human heart. And he had one that he had done earlier in the week. And then he had one that he had put together right before service started. And he was show, he was demonstrating to us how if you become so full of the cares of the world to the point that you feel you know, anger and guilt and um, shame and all of the things that are very natural and easy for us to experience when we've gone through something that that hardened heart, not only can nothing get out of that, but God can't get in it either. Like the only way that he's able to get into us, what needs to get into us for us to be able to forge a better path is for us not to have a hardened heart. So I love that you're like, it's very easy for this to happen. But if you allow those things to take over and you don't get the handle of it, it's not only going to block your relationship with God, but it's also going to block your path forward as well. And nothing yeah, and more than meeting somebody that's like, why are we still talking about this 15 years later? It shouldn't still mm-hmm. be having the same impact on you 15 right. years later. Yep. Yeah. And and it goes not only the heart, but your brain, you know, the mind is, you know, that's where the war takes place. And so you've got to not only open up your heart, but you have to open up the mind. Because I think when you carry shame and guilt and bitterness and resentment, you start you, you, when you're in that alone time, that's what you're focusing on rather than focusing on who you are in Christ and that the victory has already been won for you. And so that's the tough part. And I, you know, I'm trying to, my little brother is a recovering alcoholic and drug addict, and he still doesn't quite get it. And 
and you know it's it's so we're still working on that because you know he he still sees himself as an addict and until he gets rid of that you know it's going to be tougher for him to recover so absolutely so if you were sitting one-on-one with someone Mm -hmm. they said you know what i think you're right like these are all the things that I've been through. These are all of the ways that it's impacting my, my life negatively. And once and for all, I want to put that behind me and I want to get to a better place. What would be your best tip that you would share of how they could do that? Um, the first thing I would probably do is have them read Ephesians and then start a daily prayer and Bible reading in their life so that they can, so that they can help build a, a foundation in the relationship. Cause I think for me, daily prayer and Bible reading is, is two of the biggest things that you need to, you need to do to overcome, you know, any of the trauma or anything like that. And, and it's, it, you know, some people, oh, I don't have the time. Well, you got to make the time, um, you know, and, it, and renewing your mind every morning. That's one of the things I, you know, 2016 is when I gave up control. It's 20. So it's been six years. And and one of my prayers every day is, is God renew my mind to you today because it's a daily thing, you know? Um, and because it, the world is, I mean, we don't live in more with today's world's more crazy than ever before. <laughs> and, and where there's a lot of separation and, and, you know, so you've got to have that, you've got to have that time to where you can reflect and, and read and prayer and, and you need to do it with some other people too. So Absolutely. I love that. And so as we begin to wrap up, John, where can our listeners find you and follow you? Well, I'm on I'm on Facebook. It's John Jarman. So, I mean, it's pretty easy. And then Instagram is John underscore Broken and Redeemed. Um, and then I have a Twitter handle and I believe it's Broken and Redeemed. I don't go to Twitter too much because I use my Instagram and it automatically pops there. So, <laughs> but I am on Twitter. I think it's Broken and Redeemed. Um, and then I also have a website, BrokenandRedeemed.com. And, and, you know, there it's a, every, a lot of the book information's there. I have some other stuff on there. Um, I do a daily post. I, I call it my daily bread and it's a script first from my reading every morning so if you know if you if you want to follow something it's it's kind of like a daily uh testimony or not a testimony but it's a it's a daily bread and it helps kind of get you through get you going in the morning um and you know if, if you were to get if one of your listeners get the book and they and they're touched by it please you know go to my website and submit your testimony because i'd love to hear you know about how the book impacted your life so perfect so if people want to take things further with you, that's what you would recommend is that they participate in the daily bread that you have on your website and also purchase the book, Broken Redeemed. Yeah, or, you know, go to the website and, you know, hey, say, hey, I'd love to chat with you through email or whatever, because, I, you know, if, if you're going through a hard time and you can't find anybody to talk to, I'll, I'll be happy to talk to you. <laughs> I mean, because that's 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 the calling right now. So and, you know, for your listeners, if if they if they do want to get the book, if they use Titus three, three through seven, they'll get 20 percent off the book. So. OK, perfect. Well, I will make sure that all of your Instagram information, all of your Facebook information and your website, the links to all of that is in the show notes so that you don't have to listeners try to figure out like how you spell Jarman. (laughs) (laughs) And it's misspelled quite a bit. So (laughs) John starts with a J and Jarman starts with a J. So that'll help you. Again, I will make sure that all of those links are in the show notes so that you don't have to go back and rewind and dig around and look for it. I'll take care of that for you. So John, and and real Real quickly, it is, the book is available on Kindle now and all, all ebook platforms. And then I was just uh, just recently given a four star out of four star rating by online books and then a five star rating by Literary Titan. So so the book's getting some good reviews. So 
That is awesome. So everyone go get the book. Um, participate in the daily bread and take advantage if you have any questions or you're feeling stuck, please reach out to John because it is very generous of him to be willing to offer his time in that capacity. So John, thank you so much for being yep. here today and sharing your nuggets with my audience. I'm very, very certain that they're going to be blessed by this. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of a Godship podcast. I pray that you will not only continue to enjoy the future episodes, but that you will share them with your friends, family, and even your foes as well. So thank you so much for listening to the episode. And I hope to see you back on another episode very soon. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.